This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, time now for our final catch-up of the year with Dunedin Mayor Aaron Hawkins, who's uh, kindly joined us every fortnight or so here on the programme through the course of the year. Can't quite believe that a year has spun by. Morena, Aaron, good to have you with us. Good morning. Great to be here. Let's um, let's dip into the uh, the topic of the day, uh, which uh, well, there's a, there's a couple actually, but um, this three waters thing. We've got 23 councils, including Christchurch and Waimati District, signing up to a group um, uh, which has raised objections to the proposal to strip control of some of the assets from council. We've got three district councils, Whangarei, Timaru, and Waimakariri, uh, also pursuing action in the High Court. That's a wasted effort, is it? Uh, what's certainly not the best use of our money to help fund uh, what I think is a, is a futile legal challenge uh, in the court, and, and it seemed inevitable. Uh, and, and this group has been coalescing for uh, some time, and Helen um, Warboy is up in the Manawatu, who's somewhat preoccupied with other water-related issues at the moment, but uh, and, and Dan Gordon and, and Waimakariri and others, um, and you know, prominent uh, figureheads of the of the resistance, like Bruce Smith uh, over in Westland, and, and so they have uh, put together a group basically to fight the government's decision. And you know, that, that's a that's a strategy, um, but it's certainly not something that I would see being the best use of uh, Dunedin residents' money and, and funding that. And so, what now? We turn our attention to just analysing what our assets are and being comprehensive about understanding what's happening in the transition? Yes, yeah, so there are a number of things happening still and, and uh, you, you may have seen that the, the legislation which was to be introduced before Christmas has been pushed back to early in the new year uh, so that it can be informed by uh, the working group that's been set up to look specifically at governance Arrangements, and that, that's really about um, how can we look at the model that's been proposed and get to an outcome where there's a greater degree of local influence uh, and accountability back to local communities in an entity that, in our case, will span um, the the best part of the South Island. So, so that work is, is currently ongoing, and, and we'll report back uh, in time to inform that legislation. Uh, there's there are two other groups uh, similarly. Uh, to be set up, one looking at rural water schemes uh, and one looking at uh, how the the water entities will uh, interface with the planning system and, and so that we can make sure that they uh, they take their cues um, from from local uh, district plans, etc., rather than uh, lead them with their their infrastructure planning. Um, I mean, the, our the council's use, the Dean City Council's view, is that uh, the the program should be reset, and and that was that was uh, resolved at a at a recent meeting of council. But uh, lest those um, requests go unheeded, we I, well I at least continue to uh, work through whatever channels are available to try and resolve uh, some of the uh, the very genuine concerns that we uh, and many other. The territorial authorities have expressed through this process, and, and we've seen a, a positive response to the minister's request uh, to uh, other political parties seeking to um, what they call entrench uh, the legislation, which would mean that it would require 
uh, more than 75% of Parliament to uh, to change that legislation uh, in future. Uh, and, and that is really uh, in order to try and safeguard as best as possible uh, the, the water service entities from any future uh, efforts towards uh, privatisation uh, under a, a government that had a different view around uh, public ownership of, of these entities. And, and, um, and so that seems to be getting a, a, a fair hearing from a political party uh, leadership because it will require... Uh, 75% of, of Parliament to support it being entrenched in that way. All right, well, more on that in the new year. No doubt we'll have an opportunity to talk further about it. Mm. As we head towards the close of the year, it is a bit of a time for reflection for all of us, I suppose. Um, probably would have liked to have had a better, more encouraging result from the residents' opinion survey than we got. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's it's certainly useful to get feedback from your community. And uh, like I said at the meeting the other day, there's very little value in a, in a politician standing up to defend uh, getting a, a poor report mark uh, from the community. And so I, I won't um, I won't take this opportunity to try and defend our honour, but I do think it's worth thinking about how we can get the best information uh, out of uh, out of our community and. And whether a, a survey taken on a rolling average over the, the course of the year is the best way of doing that, as opposed to doing you know, focus groups and, and more qualitative uh, information. So we have better, because at the moment we don't really have a sense of why people uh, give us the feedback that they do, and so that makes it harder to, to do something with that. Uh, but you look at the, the demographic breakdown of the people we are reaching, uh, because it's taken from the electoral roll, obviously we get no feedback from people under the age of 18, we reach, I think, one in every five people aged 18 to 29, but two out of every one person aged 65 and over. And while you can um, you can weight those results to try and balance that out, I think it speaks to a bigger, a bigger, a bigger question about um, whether this is the best method of of getting getting public feedback. But we, we always um, we always take these things on board, and some of them are contradictory. You look at uh, people who are, uh, are upset about the state of our roads, but then equally people who are upset at the number of uh, roadworks around the city, which is usually what happens when you try and fix um, problems in your roading network. And similarly, uh, big concerns that people might have around uh, parking in the central city, but also uh, concerns around the inadequacy of, of cycling infrastructure and, and, and our response to climate change. W- you would anticipate at a population-wide scale that uh, people would have... Uh, different concerns uh, and different priorities, and and this is uh, one uh, one data set for us to consider alongside uh, everything else that we have to inform our our work program. But um, look, uh, you know, people are um, certainly not getting any less direct in their feedback, whether you're a uh, a checkout operator or uh, a local uh, elected member uh, or or anyone uh, for that matter. And so we wouldn't anticipate people to be backwards and coming forwards at this point in time. Well, you, you, your chief executive, Sandy Graham, doesn't appear to share um, your concern about whether this is the right process. She's said that the survey clearly identifies the public's priorities. Well, it does. I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't identify the priorities. I guess... Uh, the point is that some of those uh, some of those priorities at a population scale are in conflict with each other, and that you can't 
uh, you can't uh, respond to people's concerns about uh, the, the poor quality of roads and footpaths without setting up a bunch of road cones around those roads and footpaths and fixing them, uh, which then exacerbates another another concern that people have. Uh, but this is, you know, it's 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 useful. Um, it's it's a few years ago we moved. It used to be done once uh, at one point in the year, uh, and at, at that point it made it easier to try and contextualise what else might be going on, whether it was during the university semester or not, or in this in the more recent context during lockdown or not, uh, which would obviously uh, have an impact on. Uh, the responses that people would give you and, and moving to a, a rolling average makes it harder to do that. Uh, but but there's, there's a far bigger piece of work that we need to do looking at um, how we integrate uh, and how what our strategic objectives are, uh, what are the levels of service uh, that uh, we want to achieve to give effect to those and then uh, how do you get uh, the best feedback that you can or the best data that you can to measure the success or otherwise of that? And, and so that is, uh, that's all part of a, a, a far bigger piece of work over the next uh, year or two to make sure that um, we're, we're doing the right things, but also that we're um, measuring the success of what we're trying to do as effectively as we can. Well, is doing the right thing the same as achieving what uh, your constituency wants you to achieve? Uh, yes, but you need, but we need to acknowledge that not everybody shares the same values and priorities. So, so the, 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 the city, the council have worked up uh, a series of uh, strategic objectives around economic development and, and arts and culture and the environment and, and social well-being and so on. Uh, and those have been developed over the best part of a decade uh, with our community. Uh, and, and at a high level, there's fairly broad support for how you might do that uh, for uh, for your for your high level goals. Uh, there is there are differences of opinion, uh, both in the community and because they elect the elected membership around the council table as how you best go about achieving those things. Uh, so we so that is um, that should form the basis of uh, how of, of what we are trying to provide for our community. Uh, and how you measure the success of that provision across uh, council venues and facilities and services and and so on, um, doing it in a in a coherent and and strategic way. Uh, um, and at the moment, uh, I don't think those things are as aligned and as integrated as they could be, which is why we're doing the work uh, we are to to make sure that they are. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to the future now. Here we are, 15th of December, and uh, many of us wrapping up um, some of those last tasks that we have around our work. We're starting to turn our minds to uh, being with friends and family over a holiday break. Also turning our minds to what on earth 2022 might look like. There are some positives there, you would say. The ICC Women's Cricket World Cup coming our way. Um, a, a major music festival being held at the University Oval, being planned anyway, uh, you'd be encouraged mm. by, by those things uh, s- seeming to go ahead uh, at this point with some confidence. Yeah, and, and certainly as we get into the second half of, of next year, I think uh, you know all things on the going according to the current trajectory, there'll be a, a greater degree of confidence, particularly around uh, planning for um, international events, 
uh, or events that require international guests, shall we say, uh, and and that has been a, a difficult um, a difficult space to be in over the last uh, eighteen months. Um, particularly if you if you run venues that are set up solely to bring tens of thousands of people together in one space, uh, and so it's it's great to have things to look forward to. I think people are you know cautiously optimistic about these sorts of things because. Um, I think most of us have had uh, plans derailed at some point or other in the last 18 months. Uh, I think um, I, I think it's it's important that however people choose to celebrate their summer holiday season, that that people do take the opportunity where they can to to, to put their feet up and, and take a break. I think it's been a long year, uh, and and people are rightly exhausted uh, after after what we've what we've collectively been through and. Unlike this time last year, we were all sitting around kidding ourselves that we were through the worst of it and 2021 was going to be the uh, the return to the golden age. I don't think any of us are kidding ourselves that um, we're out of the woods yet and, and we're now entering a, a very different period of um, of how we handle and respond to a, a, a global pandemic. Um, and that started yesterday, of course, with the the, the removal of the borders around Auckland and, and the and the freedom to travel for our largest uh, population base. So, look, it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, a challenging year, and, and change will be the only constant. But um, I'm, I'm incredibly heartened to see the the rates of vaccination that we have. You know, 98% pretty much of our eligible population partially vaccinated. Best part of 95% double vaccinated. We couldn't. Asked to have been in a, a better position uh, as we enter this into this new uh, period, but it, it certainly won't be without its uh, without its difficulties. Without giving away uh, all the details of your holiday plans, do you have some? Do you get out of <laughs> do you get out of town, or do you spend the time in this part of the country? What do you tend to do at summertime? Uh, I, I'll be doing as little as as possible in terms of travelling. Just um, Take the opportunity to to spend some time uh, with with family and friends here, and and doing uh, a short trips uh, not too far from here. But um, you know, managing the the school holidays roster, as as many of your listeners will be familiar, and and just taking the opportunity to um, potter about outside and read a book and give up shaving for a while, which is always a <laughs> summer holiday treat. Well, watch out. Um, Aaron Hawkins capable of growing a very strong beard within a very short space of time. So you might not recognise him if you pass him in the street, uh, which is probably a good thing as far as Aaron's concerned. Um, uh, Aaron Hawkins, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And of course, through the course of the year, I'm not sure if our listeners appreciate that uh, these conversations are entirely candid. Um, I don't have to go through several press offices to speak to our mayor. And uh, that is... Um, that is really valuable to us here on ORFM and I'm sure to our listeners as well. So we, we appreciate it. We look forward to catching up uh, with you in the new year. Please do go well and have a safe and, and happy holiday season. You too, Jeff, and thanks for the opportunity to have these conversations. It's, it's really useful. Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.